welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, not another running story. Thanks for joining us. We don't do small talk here. When we get outside and slightly uncomfortable, we get real, and we aim to continue these conversations here on this podcast. My name is Megan Fanning. I'm the owner of Zendurance Now Coaching, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan, one of our coaches. Let's talk, let's get uncomfortable, and let's see where the conversation goes. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now Coaching. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or psychological advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making questionable decisions, please seek out an appropriate professional. Hey Meg, how you doing? I am just wonderful and thrilled to be talking with you. I missed you so much. How could you not oh. be thrilled and so excited to talk? Well, to you? haven't I haven't talked to you in a while. You went on vacation, so you know you were doing family stuff, and I didn't get to talk to you. I haven't seen you. It's been very sad. It was so fucking hot and humid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no, I have no sympathy for you as it's. I don't know. What is it? It's negative one here right now. I don't know. I haven't. I, that was a couple hours ago, but. Yeah, yeah. we. I, start, I started my run today. It was seven degrees. But I. the thing is, prior to leaving on vacation, my body had started to get acclimated to the cold, right? Like I <laughs> progressed to the cold and then I'm slammed. Wah, wah, wah. Slammed into like freaking sweltering. 80, like I went out on a five mile run. Um. In St. Martin, there's a, a trail that kind of out of the, the cruise port where we pulled in. You kind of meander through a neighborhood, and then there's a legitimate trail that's, it's a, I guess it's, an, I don't know if it's an island. It's a national rank trail or whatever for whatever, the, the Dutch side of St. Martin. And it runs along the coast, and it runs between the cruise port, essentially, and uh, uh, Ghana Beach. And, um, and it's gorgeous. Like I, I posted pictures on my Strava, if anyone follows me on Strava. Um, but I was out there and it was like two and a half miles in and I'm just like dripping and like dying. And I don't have, and I want to, I want to feel bad for you, but I'm just, I just don't, I'm feeling a little snarky. <laughs> I, maybe anybody up North is like, probably feeling the way I do right now. Maybe people down in Florida or maybe, you know, Texas, maybe our listeners down there are, are, you know, can relate, but. No. So what I'm going to say is then I got a text message from uh, a good buddy of ours who was like, awesome snow day. I was out skiing, knee deep powder. And so I missed all that too, which was very sad for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Your life is so rough. Yeah. So, but I running on a cruise ship is not fun. I, I, I actually, I cannot run on a treadmill on a cruise ship cause it makes me sick. Oh really? Um, yeah, no, the trip I I've, I've run laps around the, around the boat that I can handle, but the, the rocking, the rocking of the boat for some reason on the treadmill really bothers me. So we're on, we were on an Oasis class ship, which is like, we're, was Royal Caribbean's largest class of ship. They just created a new ship that's bigger. Anyways, 
typically the rocking on the ships hasn't been bad. Um, this particular this particular cruise, two two days were pretty pretty aggressive. And one day I was doing be a third aggressive. B E aggressive. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Sorry. Anyway, just thanks. Anyway, squirrel. <laughs> um, so, but I did like I did a thirteen and a half mile run on the treadmill with like speed work in the middle of it. Oh yeah, I would I would be sick. And it was like you would like have like the wave come up and you're like run it uphill, run it uphill, run it uphill, <laughs> and then the wave would go down and you'd be like slow down, slow down, breaking. Yeah. Okay. We this is why we need to add video sometimes to our to our feed because the the. I don't know. The visual of you running uphill and downhill is really funny right now. Okay. Well, we'll have to add that. Maybe that'll be a 2023 goal to add video clips to uh, to our social media feed. But that, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was the where I've been for the past. past I've I've been working. I've been working. I've been in school. I've been working, taking care of my family, and then I work. And that's about it. So what? So speaking of chaos, what what are we talking about today? We've had, I think we've had an issue picking a topic, and we we asked people, we got some ideas, but we seem to be kind of floating around. And there's a lot going on, and we figured we would just talk and work it out. Is that where we landed? Yeah, I think we're going to talk about Wham and uh, Last Christmas how I gave you my heart. And I think that's all we're going to talk about. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. See, you can't, like, someone just mentions it and you have to sing it. Everyone uh -huh. who's listening yes. to this podcast right now is now in their head well, singing that also. No, 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 Gen Xers. Gen Xers. Because if you weren't alive at that time, I don't know that it's it's solidified. That that neural pathway is just hardened in your brain to hear that in your in your head. Maybe, right? But like I think also because of TikTok and meme culture, that song. Yeah, that's true. Also, that's true. Just like Mariah Carey, right? Oh Jesus. Um, yeah. Anyways, so I think, <laughs> think the topics that got brought up were um, Oh, too many. Too many. How, how I wish I had hooked up my damn generator. Nope, that's not it. Um <laughs> recovery. We had a we had a wicked ice storm up here last night. And it's and it's really cold here today. So yeah, our generator was up and running. I didn't lose power. Really? Yeah, that's what you get when you work for the power company. Make sure you. No, we up. we live in a we live in a wind tunnel here in um in New Hampshire. So we lose power all the time. So. Um. So I anyways. Think, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. So we have, um, recovering from illness and training. Which <sighs> I, I brought up. I know. Been there. I'm so excited. Yeah, been there. Done that. Um. How to come back after taking a long break. Okay. And then um, staying motivated to running or to keep running, knowing that you are a back of the pack runner slash okay. struggler. I'm just going to, we we can sort of hit on all those, but I have to start with motivation. And this is the speech. If you are one of my athletes or a friend of mine, you have gotten this speech. So yes. So bear with me. Motivation is crap. Let it go, shove it aside, don't think about it. Because sure, I get really motivated. I can watch, um, what's that Western States movie that came out a few years ago? Remember, 
that one's really motivating. Remember with um, Anton Kropichka and um, you know what I'm talking about. I know you do. You're just looking at me to to just anyway, that movie. Sean's just teasing. Everybody knows what it is. Sean just won't say it out loud. But anyway, I can watch like Iron Man Hawaii. I can see things that are so motivating. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then reality hits when my alarm goes off before five o'clock in the morning and it's cold and it's dark and there is no motivation. So jump into your why. Why are you doing this? Okay. And just know that your why is it. That's it. Are you doing this because you want to lose weight? Are you doing this because you want to take care of your mental health? Are you doing this because you're training for a race? Whatever it is. So tap into your why and then go do it. And then also you have to hear my voice in your head. You are going to have some days that are lovely. Some days where you feel like a queen or a king or whatever non-gendered superhero you want to be like. Cool. Go you. But then you're going to have days where you feel like a horror show. Those are the days you push through and you remember your why. So that's my motivation speech. I've given it to many people. Um, let go of motivation. Motivation will never help you. Just remember your why. I'm done. So, so anyways, the movie is. So anyways. The movie that you were talking about is Unbreakable. It's you're such uh, a dink. It's, it's, it's Journey Films. Uh, put it out. It's actually. It's. I think they released it during the pandemic for free on YouTube. Should you want to oh, watch really? it? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Oh. Um, it's a great movie. It's a great motivational movie to see these people. And then what's the one with the women that they did a few years later? Um, that is awesome. Um, they featured all the women doing Western states that came in. I think that was like three years later, three or four years later. Um, I will. I will look it up in a minute when I'm not talking. Um, and we can we can add links. Sean will Sean will add links in the show notes. Sean does the show notes. So yes. So sometimes I just put add link in here and make Megan look it up. <laughs> All right. So anyways, long story short, in regard to that, there was um on vacation <laughs> while I was there. I uh finished Sean reading. has a book, by the way. I do. I have a book in, in front of me. So it was uh How Bad Do You Want It? Um Mastering the Psychology of Mind Over Muscle by Matt oh. Fitzgerald. Excuse um, me for just a moment, dear Sean. Life in a Day, and it's a Billy Yang film. So I, I love I love his work, but it's also on um, on YouTube. So yeah, Life in a Day is that. And that's, is that. Um, uh, Finish your sentence. Is that Cat? Cat, 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 Cat. I don't know. Don't make me look up more. Anyway, go where we are very ADD today and our listeners are probably getting a headache. So go on with Matt Fitzgerald. Stay, stay focused, squirrel. Um, I don't know. Matt Fitzgerald's like probably my favorite. Um, I have that book. He's holding up. How bad do you want it? Yeah. It's my favorite. Fit is fitness author. The right term for what Matt Fitzgerald does. A lot of it's, endurance-based running some of its diet stuff like he wrote diet cult which is a great book um he's done he's written other books that kind of just basically about the fitness and endurance world typically but i think that he's at this point a pretty prolific writer fast runner too um one one 
one year he trained with like the Daz Elite runners, like just trying to see how much how well he could keep up with them, um, which is pretty impressive. Anyways, so there's a story in it. It's essentially the stories about Prefontaine and blah blah blah, and um, talking about the psychology of all that. And really, it, it comes down to is what they started what what it transitioned into was, and I don't do you know um, John Bingham? Have you ever heard of him? The from the Runners World. The Penguin, they called them. He had the Penguin Chronicles. I've never, I had never heard. I of don't it. think so. I don't think so. But I think in the '90s time frame, maybe early 2000s, uh, he was a big contributor to Runner's World and his his chronicles. And he was essentially a back of the pack runner, like mid pack runner, um, and uh, was just kind of like. If it hurts, don't work too hard. Like, enjoy the run, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of his, like, motto as opposed to, like, Prefontaine, who's like, if you didn't give it your all, like, you wasted the gift, you know? that. So that they're, in this chapter, they're talking about the contrast of these two. But what he ends up saying here in it is, um, talks about essentially how in one race, John Bingham was, like, coming close to, to the finish line and he was near his PR time, and there was a guy that passes him. He's like, that guy can't pass me. And he, like, pushed and passed. And he, like, got into a point where he was actually working and, and pushing. And the idea that in any race, like, no matter how much you say you're a casual runner, like, there's a little bit of competitive drive in you. Yes. And, it, and essentially, it comes down to this. It says, um, talks about the effort or, or the talent the natural physical talent may like essentially decide where your upper limit of performance is. Um, but the, uh, let me, let me, let me read it instead of trying to paraphrase it. And every athlete, regardless of how much time he or she chooses to devote to training has the opportunity to work on developing the mental fitness that is needed to try harder and more effectively on race day. Talent may set an athlete's ultimate physical limit, but it does not determine how close to that limit the athlete is able to get. As John Bingham wrote, I've seen runners at a 12-minute pace who I believe have more heart, more race sense, and more sheer guts than some of the world's fastest runners. Mm. And that's that's what it is, right? Like, it's all about, like, why do you run when you know you're not going to win the race? It's like, because it's a race against yourself it's a race against where you stand where your limits are that's like that's why we do it it's not i don't do it because i want kudos from somebody because no one gives a shit that i run 100 miles right like no one gives a shit that you like bike the century no one gives a shit that you did an iron man like you can put all the stickers on your car i have never once had someone come up to me and go oh my god you did a marathon right like no Go you special boy right like it's <laughs> never got I me mean, out of its part a speeding ticket do you know like, what do you know what i get sean in all seriousness when people actually realize what i do they go what you you wait a minute hold on you did what and then ultimately there's questions about how do you go to the bathroom do you sleep and what do you eat that's all they the, the, the that's all they you, care about the do you yeah. sleep um yes and like yeah and is there like, is there food? Do you eat on the course? Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That's those are, but, but, but no one has yeah. like, people can't like, if you haven't, if you haven't done, if you haven't run a 5k, 
contemplating like what it's like to run a marathon is inconceivable to most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, before I started running, it was inconceivable to me. I was like, why would anyone want to do that? That seems awful. And so like when you say you've run 100 miles or 250 mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. whatever your distance is, that's the same as saying you ran a marathon. It's just they can't fathom it. So, But do- I'm going to stand by that. I have two points to make here. After the marathon distance. Well, no, let's say after 50K. Okay, after the 50K, it's not linear. So when you run a marathon, it's not like, oh, I got to run four of these. Just let the math go, you know, to to do 100 miles. It's not like that. However, I think, you know, from one mile to 50K is pretty linear where the pain, the progress. Okay, but then but then it all changes. Um, I, I really I really do think that. And also. I stand by that the there is more heart in the back of the pack than than anywhere in the race. And if you don't believe me, go check it out. Go volunteer and look at those people that are trying to hit cutoffs, um, that are coming over, you know, coming off injuries, whatever it is. There's there's just a lot of heart. You'll you'll see a lot. Well, one hundred percent. I I mean, there's there's not. There's not a lot of back, mid-pack and back runners that will pull the plug because they're not having a good day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, that's like true. Really I mean, point. they yeah. might, they might. Now I say that there's, there are plenty of people. Sure. I mean, stuff here. happens, but yeah, but, it's a survival. It's a survival game at this, well, but, at least when it comes to endurance sports. But there's plenty of like top level runners that like pull the plug like 30 miles in because you're like, ah, this isn't my day. And like and and the the understanding is right. They have if they go out and compete and finish the race, right? 100 miles of the recovery mm-hmm. time is whatever. And they can't race well the next week where their paycheck may be mm-hmm. deemed. But um, so there there's in any race that like you see that that back in the mid of the pack it's I 100 percent agree that there's a ton of heart in there. Yeah. Um, for sure. Sure. So I think that given all of those topics, I'm just going to talk about where I've been because I think I fit in with like all those requests that people, (laughs) that people, you know, put through for what we should talk about today. I think for the last six months, um, I just feel I, I, the last couple weeks, let me left me feeling really burnt out and tired and I'm still, I'm still exercising. I'm still, you know, doing everything that I need to. I mean, I really, really have to take care of myself, but I've been very frazzled and I've been, um, if it doesn't have to do with my job or my immediate family, everything's falling, everything's falling through the, through the cracks. So we were talking about this before the podcast. I have, you know, about a week off um, over over Christmas, and I'm using it to just sort of get my life back together. Um, I was able to work out this morning like really hard, and it felt awesome. And I have things, you know, silly things to do over the break, but like I think that life happens. We are not we are not professional athletes. And our lives are not centered around performance. We don't have, you know, 
we don't have the time to just just focus on our physical well-being but also if i'm not taking care of myself if i'm not exercising on a regular basis then i feel like i can't do my job and i feel like i can't be present so have i been training and pushing myself no um i've been able to take care of myself and survive i think over the past over the past couple months couple weeks yeah um your text messages have been all over the place they've been spectacular <laughs> um I, so I had, I had a flu-like illness at the end of last week, right? And I had done nothing for Christmas, not a single Christmas present, nothing. Well, okay, our tree's up, so that's a little bit of a lie, but that Bill went and picked it up. So I ordered a bunch of presents on one particular site, and they were accidentally sent to my cousin in North Carolina. So she, she sends me a text while I'm at work. She goes, you sent me a lot of stuff. She's like, what's what's up with all these presents? <laughs> and I thought, oh, damn it. Ah, oh, damn it. So I had to call her and explain. I said, yes, your present is mixed in there, um, but I'll send you the return labels, please. But this is, so she's shipping them back. I had to reorder all the presents. Things are going to be late. I'm all over the place. And it's, just been like, again, you know, I should say, you know, I take care of myself so I can show up for work and take care of my family. That's it. Otherwise, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm clueless. Disaster. Yep. So going back to what you were saying about pushing yourself versus having fun. Yesterday, I went for a run. It was actually kind of cool outside because it was like 50 degrees and rainy, which for me is warm. And I'm running and my husband is is hiking and he, rucking. So for those who don't know what that is, he has a weighted backpack on. We weren't together, but we kept crossing paths because we were on the same route. And I finished with him and walked some of the we, we have big hill to get back to the house. And he has this little cutout of our neighborhood that he runs. So it adds an extra, I don't know, four tenths of a mile every time he does it. And I didn't want to do it. And he's like, don't cheat your body. He sounded like David Goggins. That was my, don't cheat your body, man. You got to just push yourself. You got to go. And I'm like, oh my God. I just rolled my eyes at him. And then, but we went on to discuss as we were as we were meandering home that taking care of your body, yes, it is important to push yourself. Sure, he's got to get that extra four tenths of a mile in. I get it. I respect that. I've been on that. You know, you you want your you know you want your miles to be right. But taking care of myself and pushing my body lately has not been about like the David Goggins style of pushing myself and doing crazy things. What it's been about for me is making sure I wake up before work and get some movement in, make sure I'm drinking enough water, um, make sure I'm not having too much caffeine and making sure that I eat because when I'm busy, I'm one of those people that forgets to eat. So, so blending those two worlds, I think is the hard part. I got a little bit of a lecture when I didn't want to do the extra four tenths of a mile. I did it. I did it, but. Fuck David Goggins. <laughs> well, I don't know. 
we had to get those, we had to get that little cutout of the neighborhood done. So there's, I mean, there's value to it. There's value to pushing yourself and not cutting the corners. But on the other side, you can also cut corners if you're not eating right. Um, if you're not hydrating, if you're not sleeping, if you're not doing your mobility work, if you're not getting your strength work in. So that's yeah, what we talked about on the way home. It's just, it depends on where your priorities are, right? Let's, we, we talk about that pretty frequently on this podcast of like, what is your priority right now? Is your priority recovery? Is your priority mental stability? Is your priority your family? Is your priority work? Is your priority health? Is your priority... Right, cause like, but isn't it all of them? I mean, I'm going to say yes, 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 and yes to all, all of those are my priority right now. Well, what's your number one priority? What's your number two priority? What's your number? That's like the point of priorities, right? Is like there's a there's a scaling to it, and that scaling can change. Yes, on yeah, different yeah, different time frames, mm-hmm. like right, like mm-hmm. maybe maybe like right vacation, like family's number one priority during vacation time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to take care. I'm going to hang out with my family, spend time with them. And then it's like, well, come training time for a race, you know, in a four week trade or a four month training block, training's like my topish priority, right? And then maybe like once you're done with that training block, maybe it's like, well, I can shift everything else down and work is now the priority that I have to catch back up on all the stuff that I've done or how, whatever. It's like, it's just, they're all important in your life. It's just where they fall in importance in that given time frame it's the balance yeah life balance megan it's your favorite it is it is it is but that's why i guess lately ironically that my so i guess my top focus would be taking care of myself so i can show up for others because i literally cannot do my job um if i'm not well um and taking care of myself so I can show up for my family. And over this break, I have to just take care of myself, period. Like I have to be my focus over the next week to get my brain back because it's it's been um, been a little sketchy. Yeah, it's okay. We all get there. We all have it. <laughs> She's like, no, Meg, you're you're on top of your game. You're awesome. That's what she's supposed to say. You're great. You don't ever mess up. Oh, Meg, everything's awesome. Everything's fine. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we like I said, I think we 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 hit that topic pretty or that idea that you kind of you kind of got to figure out. Like you said, like, what's your why? Like, why do you, why do you want to do this? And, and what is it? Where's the benefit? What I can say for that is, and I think you kind of touched on it, like, when you were like, you're going to wake up and it's going to be rainy and cold out. You're going to be like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that for one of those, one of the requests for topics was how to come back essentially after a long layoff, whatever that might be. <laughs> okay. So whomever asked that, and I don't remember who it was, but I feel like this is where we would insert pictures of me having an external fixator on my leg. I get the idea of having to take a break because all the surgeries that I've been through, 
my accident was six years ago. So my accident happened. I was able to come back after that for a little while, but then it turns out that I have, you know, I, I had issues. So still have issues, issues with my ankle. I know, I know true. Just not. <laughs> and so I feel like I have not really been able to run like I want to run for six years. Um, and then having the fixator on my leg at the beginning of the year and not being able to essentially step on my foot for three months, I get the idea of having to come back after an injury. Okay. So mine isn't even, I guess mine would be past an injury. Mine would be surgeries. And also I really need to emphasize the mental piece of this because there are certain aspects of different surgeries that were really traumatic that I've had to work through. And so when you're coming back after something, okay, after whether it's a small injury, like, you know, you twist your ankle or it's a big injury, like your, your entire right leg needs reconstruction. You have to just be where you are. And there's, there's going to be days. I mean, for a while I couldn't do anything. And then when I could finally start to move, I did all of my exercising when I was sitting. Okay. Because I couldn't stand because my leg was still too funky. Okay. So I'd be doing strength work on the ground. And, but if I sit here and think that, well, you know, X many years ago, I was running this and I was doing that. You can't literally, literally have to stop that right there because coming back after an injury, after a serious illness, or even we have a lot of people that listen to us that suffer from chronic illness or chronic pain and they're running through it. That's cool. You just have to focus on where you are now. So then, then I graduate. Yay. I, I can do standing workouts again. Yay. I can get on the bike. Yay. I can run again. It's all just steps. But then what I was talking about earlier about you know, being really burnt out and tired with work. I exercise before work and there are some days given that I'm still in rehab that I wake up and I have a different, I had a different workout plan the night before and I have to modify it because there's going to be no benefit to me pushing and hurting myself just to get to a certain mile point or just to know that I'm running at a certain pace or you you have to let it go and be where you are. And the idea of pushing yourself comes in consistency and also in respecting your body there. You just can't beat yourself up for where you were yesterday, a month ago, or where you want to be tomorrow. You are where you are. And I've been living this for a while. I don't I don't talk about the emotional side of this very often. Um, and it, for those who have had surgeries and, and bigger issues, um, they'll understand. But there's a piece of it that's not only traumatic, like I mentioned, some of the wounds and stuff that I've had are, are kind of scary. But when I stopped, when I had to stop exercising, when I had the, when I had the fixator on my leg, I know it sounds silly, but I literally didn't know how to eat. <laughs> I'm used to eating to fueling my workouts. You know, I wake up, I eat a certain way pre-workout, then I eat afterwards and I'm used to, I have to make sure I get a number of calories and I get hungry 
because I'm exercising so much. But when I was forced to rest, when I had this big giant device on my leg, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't hungry at all. I didn't want to eat. My stomach was always upset. Um, and I just had to force myself, you know, force myself to eat. That's, that's where the toughness comes in. So kind of, I know I'm being long winded, but I really want to honor those who are going through something like that or having to come back, um, honor the emotional piece and the trauma that you've been through as well as what you've been through physically. And just know there's going to be a day where, okay, let's say you do 10 pushups a day. I'm just pulling that number out of the air. There's going to be a day where you do your 10 pushups and go, oh my God, I can do 12 today. Holy God. Or you're going to, you're going to get down and try to do 10 pushups and realize you can barely do eight. It's when you're coming back, there's a lot of acceptance around where you are and the time to push yourself is really just focusing on consistency, fueling, um, rehab, mobility, all of those things to allow you to get back to whatever your 100% is. Well, I, I think, right. And I think you've touched on a couple topics, um, or a couple points that I think are important, right? One is the consistency and we know how I feel about that, that that's like, mm -hmm. To me, that's the most important aspect of any training plan is consistency in what you're doing. Because that's the only way you're going to really see gains. Um, another thing you, you, you touched on that I think is super important is the idea that what you did six months, a year, two years ago is not where you're at right now. Right. Right? Like, and I think... And that's I think, the hardest part right there, right? Well, what you just said, that is the, that's the challenging part. But but the thing that people don't understand is, it, and, well, maybe they do, maybe some people understand, maybe, I, I think, I think when people ask this question, I think what they don't understand is that even if it was a four month layoff, where you were at four months ago in your goal race is not where you are now, right? So, so for example, I ran four weeks ago, I ran a 13 mile slow run uh, trail with some friends. They were exploring some stuff and I was showing them around some stuff. First double digit run I've done since Grindstone. And it was hard. I like got done with that run and I was sore and I was like, I was like, fuck, I have to do this for a hundred miles. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that like that. And, and, and it was, a a, it was a half marathon, like something that like, the week before grindstone, I could have banged out midweek run, right? Like midweek right. with pace work involved in it, right? Like not just a midweek casual run and, and it wouldn't have affected me in the same way it did, but I took the better part of three months off and fucked around on a bike, which we've documented pretty well in this podcast, I would say. And, um, did some other stuff. I mean, I didn't stop running, so I'm not coming back from nothing. So but that still wasn't easy. Like, and it was something that is a normal, like I said, mid could be a midweek run when I'm like in my peak training. And even understanding that like a short layoff will cause the fitness to go down in a way that you are not at the same point you are in your peak fitness in your training blocks. And I think people, I think they, 
they look at like what you said, like why am why is why is a five mile run hard? I used to be able to do those <laughs> all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. why is a three mile run hard? Whatever it might be. And then and they don't understand that like, well, it's gonna be hard until it's easy again. I think what I'm hearing from you is you need to get your ego out of the way. Yeah. Period. It's how you run or bike or walk or whatever you're doing um, is not a definition of who you are as a person. Um, so let it go and just be where you are and and know that it's hard. It is really, really, really hard when you're coming back from when you're coming back from big events or injury. But the only way to come back is to come back. You just got to do it. It, I mean, don't think that like, don't think that it's not going to be painful either. Like if a five mile run, right. You, this, this is where it's like a five mile run. You'd be like, oh, I could bang out a five mile run and it didn't bother me at all. And now like a five mile run, you're like, God, my legs are sore. My mm-hmm. back, my back is sore or bike or whatever it is. Like, you're like, oh, I used to be able to spin like for like 30 miles on the bike and like have no problem. And you go out on the bike and you're like, you're like, my ass is sore, my back is sore, my <laughs> neck is sore. Right? There's like, it's just mm-hmm. your body hasn't trained that. Like, give it time to adapt to it and know that things are going to be uncomfortable before they get comfortable. And then once they're comfortable, you're going to make it harder so that they're uncomfortable again. But you'll be like, oh, well, like five, five's easy. It's that's what I tell people about running a lot when they're like, I hate running. And I was like, well, like go out and like run a mile. And then when you can do that consistently and that mile becomes easy, go out and run three miles and that might suck. But the next time you do that one mile, you'd be like, Oh, that's really easy. And then you do that three miles consistently until that kind of starts to get easy. And then you do a six mile and that six mile is going to suck, but the three miles is going to feel easy, right? Like it's that, it's that building process and that's part of training. And that's coming back from injury. That's coming back from layoff. That's coming back from whatever. I think what I've been struggling with since, I don't know, maybe since the fixator came off. So the fixator came off in April um, is I think on a daily basis, I ask myself, am I ever going to be able to, to run and compete again? And I don't know, like, I know that I can bike like a fiend. (laughs) I know that I can hike. I know that I can surf. I know that I can do, you know, I I do my yoga every single day. I mean, it's not like I'm not physically fit and it's not like I'm doing things, but running has always been my number one. And every day I wonder, am I ever going to, you know, and I am running my did, you know, my runs are typically single digits still. Um, I'm not into the double digit world again, but I wonder, and I have this conversation and I don't, I don't know what it's going to mean. Does it mean that, I'm just going to, you know, ride the bike and surf and and do yoga for the rest of my life. I don't know. Uh, I miss running. I miss running at that level. But I have to have this conversation and go, this is where I am today. And the fact that I even survived all of this, I have to remind myself, like, I lived. Okay. And, you know, I remember learning how to walk again. I remember when the the stupid the stupid um ortho surgeon told me he told me I was never going to walk unassisted 
So I was always going to be using a cane or a walker or something. And this was this was a couple months. I went on, I don't know. Let's say this was four or five months after the crash. And I I don't remember what I said, but I think I said something to the effect of, fuck you, you'll see. And I was so mad at that point that um I I think I ditched the cane and said, I'm not using it anymore. <laughs> it probably wasn't the best thing to do, uh, but it just made me so angry that it fueled me. And I feel like when, when people go through surgeries or sicknesses, I mean, the way they treated me and, and, you know, and I'm fit and I, you know, I was relatively young, but the amount of drugs that they gave me, like, I, I think if I'd listened to the doctors, I feel like I would be an opioid addict on my couch if I'd listened to them. Uh, so I made it a point over the next, over the next few years, as I'm getting, you know, doctors and people that treat me, physical therapists, like anybody that's going to be like, oh, you'll never run again, or running hurts your knees, or it's bad for this, you know, all of the people that I work with, you know, are super positive and support and support what I'm doing. Anybody that starts to, you know, put me down or tell me I'll never do this, or I'll never do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm out the door. I'm not going to listen to you. And I don't know. Maybe I will be able to run. Maybe I won't, but I don't want to hear it from the people that are supporting me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something that you have to, you have to figure out on your own, right? Every day, oh. every day. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm pushing it every day. I'm running again. I'm biking again. You know, I do, it'll, it'll be what it, it'll be what it is. And it might not be this, it might never be the same as it was. Yeah. I don't know. Can't but tell you. Does, does that, I mean, the, right it's it's like what's your why is your why to go out there and experience the world through the art of running is it to go out there and experience what your personal limits are through running or is that no longer important and if that's no longer important to you and it's now i want to experience the world through my bike or i want to experience the world and my limits through the bike or through the surfboard or however you want to express yourself in the physical realm that's like where you kind of kind of figure out what's what's important to you sean and i rarely agree on music and it's we argue about this like we argue about the word suffering right would you yeah. say that? So it's it's rare when we cross over. Side, side yeah. note, I think both of us really like Sam's playlist coming up in the playlist episode. Wow, that's weird. Maybe that's why Sam works well as a coach with us, because he's like, like, maybe he's just the middle ground between the two of us. I mean, I could. So, I could, so, so just so everybody knows what we're talking about, Sam is coming on the next episode or the one after. I can't remember because, as I mentioned, I'm a little bit fried, but we're doing another music episode. So it's going to be the three of us picking songs. And Sam's playlist was pretty good, where Sean and I tend to listen to each other's music and go, are you freaking kidding me? Right. So that well, was the I, background. I don't I don't dislike your music, Megan. There's just other songs by those same artists that I would prefer. That's all. I feel like that's semantics. But anyway, that we were talking about um, what song we were going to use for outtake today. And I think we might have some agreement on Zach Bryan. 
which is weird. We don't, but okay. Zach Bryan, Grateful Dead. Who else do we both like? I don't know. I'm sure we like a lot of this. Is anybody else? Okay, I know. We're just we're I think, trying to I think, I think really like the sticking point is how much you like Jason Isbell that I do not care particularly for and how much you like Greta Van Fleet, which oh, I really loathe. Oh, God. Um, I love them. And then the fact that you probably don't like any of my punk music. Well, I do like some of your punk music because I went through that phase in the 90s. It was a, it was a short one. But some of your punk music just gives me a headache, I feel like. It's because you're old, Megan. It's okay. Well, yeah, I'm old enough to know better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So yeah, so Zach Bryan has been a has been a um, has been we've we've met there recently, but both of us are watching Yellowstone. I don't know if anybody else is watching Yellowstone, um, but Zach Bryan's been featured a lot on Yellowstone, and I wasn't really a Zach Bryan fan, and then I heard the song that we're going to use for the outtake today, "The Good I'll Do," and then in another episode they featured him singing and I believe the song they played was motorcycle drive by. If I'm Sean hasn't watched that episode yet. Um, they were at the County fair, but if I'm wrong about that, somebody, somebody will write in and tis the season. It's not the most wonderful time of the year. It is the most time of the year period. And I feel like a snow globe, you know, and everything's settled on the ground, but then somebody comes and shakes it up and all the little pieces are just falling. I feel like the shaken up snow globe. And I think that's where this podcast is is ending up. We're just... We're just a shaken up snow globe? Yeah. And it's well, the I don't know. most we, time of the year. I think I think we, we covered every topic that was requested, we did. though. In our, in our ADHD, in our ADHD kind of manner. And I don't even think it took us a half hour to get to the topics at hand, which has in the past. And and to be honest, we were still in disagreement about what topics we were even going to talk about. But we just we we end up getting on before the show and we start talking so much. At one point, one of us will say, oh, my God, just shut up. Just start recording because we're missing stuff. We're missing stuff that's going on in the conversation. So. So anyway, um, Yellowstone, I heard oh, Zach that's Bryan. What that's where. Oh, oh, go ahead. Did you remember? Well, so, so I'm back. This is this goes back to my cruise. On the cruise, right? See, I told you we're all over the place. You see a swath of people, right? And it's it's a quilt of Americana, if you will. That's a nice way to say it. That's a really, really nice way to say it. And there is a. I think there's a certain, and this is probably, maybe it'll piss off some people on that listen out there in the world, and I don't give a fuck. Am I going to have to edit it so you still have friends and family? No, no, no. I, don't, I think my friends and family would probably, A, have probably heard some similar topics from me, or it's, it's fine. Um, but I think that people, there's like a weird idolization of some of the stuff on Yellowstone, right? So I, I think Yellowstone cinematography is beautiful, right? Like I love the outdoors. I I love, I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's a certain level. I think there's a certain group of people that really identify with the, the machismo of it. And they miss the tragedy of all of that. Right. Like, like there is like, like, I don't think, and maybe there's been a slight character arc to rip, but I think a lot of people like idolize rip in a way and don't understand that he's like a tragic character. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? People did the same thing with sons of anarchy. Did you watch Sons of Anarchy? No. Same thing. Like, great show, but people started idolizing a lot of the characters, and some of the characters were just so incredibly sad. Um, like, cool. Like, sure, you know, cool, but but if you think about their backstory and how they ended up being that level of whatever it is, machismo, cool, strong, it's, it's heartbreaking. So, speaking of... So, I just think it's a good show. I think I, I like watching it. I think it's beautiful. I think there's cool music. Oh, the, the show is ridiculous, I, though. I mean, yeah. someone dies in every episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I've mentioned this to you before. There's precursors. There's 1883, and now they have another one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the year because 19, we haven't watched 19, it now. 1922. Oh, is that? Have you watched it? Uh, no, I don't even know if it's released yet. Okay. 1883, we watched it. Great show. However, hear me. Every person that hasn't watched this show, don't watch it. The ending is so sad and so horrific. Um, The last few episodes are just because no spoilers. You can kind of imagine what happens to people in 1883 who are trying to make their way across the country. Um, It is so profoundly sad and on the last episode we watched it and it and as it was ending bill and i looked at each other like this is horrible it was so i can't remember a show that upset me so much and you're fucking crying now you fucking mess i'm not crying (laughs) i'm not crying right now i could though if i think about it you're getting all choked up no it was horrible but the ending made me mad the ending was so awful that it just pissed me off because it was such a good show. But the ending was so tragic. I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Like, I like to watch TV for fun. I don't want to watch TV to explore mass casualties and sexual assaults and children dying. That's not my idea of a good time. And when a show takes such a horrific turn, I was almost pissed. So I'm, I'm hesitant to watch 1922 because I feel like the ending's just can't be good. It just can't go in a good direction. <laughs> so. Yeah. But yeah. So anyways, I don't know. I don't know where to go from that. I don't know where to go from that pivot. So, okay. The pivot would be the song today. The outtake song um, is from the latest season of Yellowstone. I hadn't been, I wasn't a big fan of Zach Bryan's, but then I heard this song, The Good I'll Do. And I think I texted you. I was like, oh, my God, I love this song. And then there happens to be another song that he plays. And, you know, fast forward a couple episodes. So um, that'll be that'll be the outtake song today. And in our chaos, um, at least we can sort of agree on something. On something music related for the moment. And 
I almost watch want you to watch 1883 because then you're going to come on the podcast and be so um, feel so as violated as I do for watching I've, the horrific ending. <laughs> so I watched 18. We carry it right, so we don't have Paramount Plus. Um, so we watched 1883 on vacation down in Charlotte this summer through like the third or fourth episode. Yeah, um, just stop there. Just just stop there. Just stop there. <laughs> It okay. It's almost like Braveheart. You know, Braveheart up until when Mel Gibson and his wife get married is a really sweet story, but then it takes this turn into this savage, warlike, horrible, atrocity-ridden film. So you could just turn it off. Turn it off right after they get married. In um in Braveheart, turn it off after the first few episodes in eighteen eighty three. Braveheart is good in its entirety. That is like it's a great movie, but it gets it gets really it gets very dark after the wedding scene. After the wedding scene, it goes dark. But I mean, that was like that. That's a group of people. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Brutally freaking destroyed by the British. Like Mm -hmm. it's. It's not that this stuff isn't factually based. It's just I don't want my entertainment to be horrific. Well, then you just better it's, watch reruns of Friends and Big Bang Theory. Keep it light, kid. There we go. I think, you know, that might be the best advice you've given me in a long time. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a co-worker that's super nerdy, and he hates, hates Big Bang Theory. Like... He's like, he's it like he's like this is not what like nerds are. This is not nerd culture. This is popularization of nerd. This is this is garbage. It makes him so mad. It's like it's not even good writing. Which you need to go over to him and just go over to him and go rock paper scissors Spock. <laughs> See what he says. Oh, he wouldn't know, but he does love Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a great show. I've never watched that. Oh, really? It's never yet. Got like fucking fourteen seasons. You should watch it. It's good. It, it, not for any, not for any particular reason. Um, I just, um, I just haven't watched it. it Maybe is, I. Hopefully, I don't have any more surgeries or any more excuses to go through a series like that. <laughs> so, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you do decide to watch it, is filled with deplorable people. But, but, it is brilliantly written in the, the comedy is very funny and you do have to watch it as a series because they call back a lot to stuff okay. which makes All it right. makes it better um and yeah the the people like are almost the people aren't likable on the show maybe charlie is for anyone but that's what makes it funny right yeah it's it's not carrie's favorite show um she'll like grind it out well, maybe the next time I'm putting in a lot of miles on the treadmill, if I get back there, I'll I'll put on that show to entertain me. It's it's quick, 20 minute episodes, boom. Okay, there we go. All right. All right. Zach Bryan, the good I'll do. Anything else you need to say on our way out? Sean dear. Have a merry Christmas festivist holiday new year and this will probably get released way after that. And so happy St. Patrick's Day or Valentine's Day. <laughs> or hope you're having a good summer. No, <laughs> yeah, who fucking knows? <laughs> oh, somebody help us. Somebody help us.
just yeah but we're, we're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay sean it's gonna be good the snow globe settling meg if you say so all right talk to you later catch you later Way the grass smells at night and you got flames all in your eyes They reflect a sparkler and you say we'll never die Grab me by the hands just as calloused as I am Say you're proud Well it's blue jeans in the driveway and you're walking inside sideways The wine always affects you in beautiful kind ways Ask me if I'm staying and I say that I'm sleeping on the floor won't you tell me that you need me Cause lately I've been needing Someone to remind me Worth more than just an evening I woke to kitchen smoke You dancing like God's moved in you before Well, you Look at all do Look at all do Oh, look at all do well, in you I'm new, I'm new, oh, I'm Skin turning white Getting high out in Austin Drunk in Tennessee I don't care where I am As long as you're with me Those boys downtown talk so much shit When I leave Well, you Look at all do at night and you got flames all in your eyes as they reflect the sparkler and you say we'll never die grab me by the hands just as calloused as i am and say you're proud